Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You hit one thing wrong. And your you whole like, I, like, I, I liked a cat video. I think I liked somebody's cat video. That must have come from a conservative-ish person. And then oh, after yeah. that, I got like some very like het content. Yeah. Like yeah. seriously like, het right. content. I was like, I'm on the wrong side. Get me off. Get me off. <laughs> Save me. Hi guys, welcome to Lovecast, the Boys Love Podcast. I'm your host, Pixie, and with me are my co-hosts, Alexa and Kayla. Hello. Hey. And back with us to help us tackle a deeper dive into boys love is Eri. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for coming back. For those who don't know, we did an episode with Eri a year ago yeah. now. Yeah, wow. it's been it was like wow. almost exactly a year ago, close to that. A anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a lot about Fujoshi's and the history behind BL and stuff back then, too. And I know a lot of people said that they appreciated the mm. insight and the view on it because a lot of people are afraid to associate with the word Fujoshi. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was awesome. It's a good episode. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> yes. So before we jump into this, uh, we're going to have a little bit of tea time. This week has been interesting, to say the least. <laughs> you know the tea is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I know a lot of big creators have been making videos about this because mm-hmm. everyone, like, you're either on one side or the other, and only one of those are right. The right there's only one right side, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the issue here is the actor Mile, who is one of the lead actors in Kin Porsche, the ongoing BL. There was a picture of him holding hands with a girl. And from what I could gather, uh, we don't know when this picture is from, if it was before Kim Porsche or after. Not that it matters, <laughs> really. <laughs> so that discussion, like, needs to be laid to rest. But people are outraged that he dares to hold a woman's hand while doing a BL. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, it got to the point where Beyond Cloud like had to step in and make a statement and be like, you got to start respecting our actors' privacy outside of the show they're doing or else we're going to have to like start stepping in and taking action of our own. But like, it's just happens every time and it's like you always think that maybe it'll be better but it never is it was just you just holding a woman's hand yeah yeah so i mean i guess the assumption is that like that's his girlfriend (laughs) or whatever but like we said we don't know when the Uh, picture is from but it's this whole like they shouldn't be like seen together with females as long as they're doing bls yeah basically because they're they're ruining the fantasy Oh no, a girl. <laughs> oh no, right? Because <laughs> bi and pan it's don't so, exist. You know, right? right. what I say when right. this kind of stuff happens. <laughs> uh, and I yeah. mean, like, speculating about his sexuality is no. What I don't understand here is why they see the girlfriend, quote unquote, as a threat. What is the real problem here? Like, you blame it on a fantasy, but, like, that's... (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) I'm lost for words of this one. Like, I'm just lost for words. (laughs) It is my... I have have some folks in psychology, including my own therapist, but, like, (laughs) some folks around me who will say, and it's, it's so impossible to do this for me, but... You can't apply logic where logic doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. So yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yet I'm like, no, no, I have to make it logical. I have to rationalize it. There's some logic to this. I think there has, like, the BL, especially the live action scene has fostered this whole fantasy world for the viewers for such a long time and been Mm -hmm. encouraging it for such a long time that there are a lot of fans that don't see the difference between fantasy and reality and somehow think that they are entitled to keep this fantasy going because they're watching a show yeah psychologically i can break down the causation but like (laughs) like it's not it's it's not difficult it's not difficult Mm. to see why this is happening Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like this shouldn't be happening and people need to what helps people the most is Mm self-awareness you need to have that self-awareness to understand people's own free will outside of your own their Mm -hmm. decisions outside of your own Mm -hmm. their motivation gratification outside of your own but all I know is like, I hear that and I think of there's different socializations, which we've all heard of, we've all experienced of competition, competition mm-hmm. for your own specific love interest. And then if you grow that further into the parasocial form, it yeah. threatens their fantasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it it's almost that same aggression and competition again, yeah. but applied to the parasocial yeah, like, mm-hmm. they think they have to be the ones, like, protecting their ship from anything that might mm-hmm. disrupt it, which, to them, someone having a girlfriend or having a picture holding hands with a woman, someone, even anyone who's not their partner, basically, is, like, a threat mm-hmm. to their ship mm-hmm. and the fantasy of that ship. I mean, it's the emotional investment on the part of the fan is real. Mm-hmm. The The parasocial mm-hmm. part, the emotional investment is real. The dissonance and the distress of the fantasy being threatened is also real 
but it encroaches on another person's free will, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least that's the psychology part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we do see this all the time. What we have to like, just say over and over again to people is chill. Don't like infringe on other people's privacy. Stop it. <laughs> it's the bare yeah. minimum, basically. I mean, <laughs> there's not much else to do. <laughs> I imagine it's so hard with real life actors. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you know, when it's BL some. or 2D illustrated, animated, mm-hmm. when it's that, you know, it's almost like you can take, you can take this further a bit mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't hurt anyone so to yeah. speak can exactly. hurt other fans obviously but it's not hurting yeah. there's not a, a it's, real it's living a real person, person on the person. other side yeah. yeah yeah but when it's an mm-hmm. actor yeah that's a that'd be a living be human yeah 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 i do think that people tend to forget that these are actual people with actual life and outside of their acting job Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people are panicking about if their ship will break up they some fans do tend to hang on to their ships even though they're obviously sunken (laughs) a long time ago (laughs) yep they're holding on to that thread listen i get it i mean i i liked marco and attack on titan spoiler alert boy was dead in like six episodes so i mean like that entire that entire ship fandom of jean marco was based entirely off of fan-made content yeah 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 i mean if it's like from a manga or anime or something you can sort of like just pretend like it never happened and make your own story Mm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) but if you're sort of pushing it on like real people it's like you can't start (laughs) controlling their lives Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah but i'm glad that beyond cloud actually said something because that doesn't happen often either so it's sort of on the companies to actually tell the fans when they're going overboard as well yeah it's nice to see a company actually taking steps to protect the artist to some Mm -hmm. extent because most of the time they will just kind of like let it get to a very severe point before they say anything so the fact that you know beyond cloud kind of stepped in and said right away like hours after the Mm -hmm. whole thing had started to blow up is like it says a lot compared to some of the other companies we've seen Mm -hmm. and how they handle things (laughs) yep so they do get a plus (laughs) from me or that yeah I feel like companies can be agents of chaos as well. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yes. 100% managing, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the idea of this episode is kind of follow up for our we did a BL 101 episode talking about what is BL, where can you find it and all that. So this is sort of a follow up to that, um doing a little more of a deep dive into it. And it's nice to have you, Ari, on here because you have an insight into like the manga side of this <laughs> that we don't. <laughs> I have to be of service. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so for our main question, first question, what are the fandoms like? And more focused on, okay, what's the distinction between 
live action BL fandoms versus the classic manga anime novel fandoms. Two D fandom, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like even though we're all BL fans, I feel like the fandoms are seen as like two different entities in the way mm-hmm. they exist. You know, like I feel like a lot of people kind of separate live action BL fans from fans of like manga and anime. Anime? (laughs) (laughs) English. (laughs) Manga and anime in like kind of the 2D sphere. So I feel like the fans themselves kind of put that distinction there. And is there a reason for it? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, when asked how are the fandoms different, it's it's about as different as neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Like neighborhoods are different all around. Like it's groups Mm -hmm. of people. There's so many Differences between fandom groups, between ship groups, Mm -hmm. between series groups. Like, it just, it totally depends. I I think there's even, you know, sort of groups around certain actors, you know, fans Mm -hmm. of that particular actor and everything that actor may be in. But when it comes to the difference between sort of the illustrated animated side of fandom versus the live action side of fandom... You know, when it comes to Thai BL, that seems to be a very strong sort of group on its own. Mm-hmm. And then from my experience with Japanese drama, BL dramas, mm-hmm. I find a lot of overlap. I find like I'm, I see the same fans who are in the illustrated fandom mm-hmm. when it comes to Japanese, when it comes to the yeah, Japanese yeah. BL, mm-hmm. live BL. I see the same fans in both groups. Mm-hmm. You also see overlap because sometimes, sometimes you get an actor for a live who's also been a voice actor. Voice actor. So you get some overlap there as well. I think that has a lot to do with how the Japanese entertainment industry is sort of using who they've got, basically. And also, they really like Japanese, that whole industry, the entertainment industry, they really like to play up their populars, their favorites. So they'll be like, hey, we know you did this voice acting. Would you like to do some actual acting, like live Mm. acting? And you'll find that sometimes they switch over and do that, and they'll go back and Mm. forth depending. So I guess, I don't know. It's almost like in the way that there's overlap in the entertainment industry, you see overlap with fans, either following Mm. their favorite actors around or favorite artists, favorite animation studios. It just sort of depends. Mm. But I see a lot of the same people all across the board. So when it comes to distinctions between fandoms when it comes to the Japanese side of things. Well, well, yeah, let me, let me rephrase that. When it comes to the Western fans of Japanese things, Mm. (laughs) not so much the Japanese fandom, Japanese people. Although I think there's overlap there as well, but sometimes Mm. I think there's more distinctive neighborhoods with them. When it comes to the Western fandom, they're just, they're hungry. They're thirsty. They'll take what they can get and they'll, Mm. you'll see them across the board. So like I think I had a I had a viral tweet at some point. It was because I just found it off of TikTok. It was um a live that made sort of poked fun at uh BL novels. And it was like this a dude who'd who like walk through his town. World of BL. Yeah. yeah, the world of BL. Yeah, that one. And he, yeah. he would walk through his town and see like yeah. BL moments. <laughs> I remember everyone. when you went viral. There's for a that. season two of that yeah. one, actually, that just released. Yes. Like, that's some of what you get. It, it becomes comedic, but it also, like, mm-hmm. breaks fourth wall. It's mm-hmm. really funny. But, you, like, I saw a lot of people who were watching that who were also in animated fandoms. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah you fandoms. know, that's an interesting case because I know, like, as us 
as live action fans, we knew about this live action for a really, really long time before it came out. And I noticed afterwards it came out, suddenly like the manga and anime people started coming in and just like, Mm -hmm. what? It's there? So it was kind of weird for me, like knowing for such a long time that it's there and suddenly having all of these manga fans getting all nostalgic and excited about seeing all these tropes and Mm -hmm. stuff that they're used to yeah live action fans are a dedicated group so like (laughs) that's not surprising because when you're a dedicated group in live action you know about all the live action before (laughs) someone who's not in that fandom knows yeah Yeah. so you're like more fluent in it (laughs) yeah we have like dedicated like twitter accounts and stuff that tweet out the second something is announced it's getting harder though because there's the market is starting to get a little bit saturated oversaturated yeah yeah Yeah. so so it's getting kind of how i feel like ari you were saying that like the kind of 2d animation side of the fandom is kind of hungry for whatever they can get i feel like on the live action side we're kind of on the opposite end of that now for at least a lot of people i know myself personally like there is so much happening now that i almost feel like so i feel like anything yeah i have to take a step back and really pick and choose like what i want to watch because Mm -hmm. the market is getting so oversaturated and like four or five years ago like i was picking up and watching any bl i could find that was being subtitled and being made accessible to us but like now i'm like there's too much. Like, I need you guys to stop. Take a second. Spend some time. Sorry. There's ghosts going on. Sorry. Um, spend some time, like, making sure you're putting out a quality product. And then, like, yeah. I'll watch it if it takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like that's definitely a distinction. Because when you're waiting for, like, a manga or something that is being translated from another language and waiting for that international release, you kind of don't get as much you don't get as much coming at you as often as you do with like yeah. the live BL side of things mm-hmm. where it's like there's 50 shows a week and then three more new ones coming the next week, you know? It makes me think of like literally, literally 10 years ago and the tumblers dedicated to <laughs> BL live and then also BL drama CDs. I used to yeah. follow those and I, there was some great stuff, but I remember you had to have those dedicated accounts in order to sort of organize what was available for fans looking for it. Mm-hmm. The organization and the fans who stood up and uh, stepped up and said, here, I'll put this stuff together. I'll run this account. And mm-hmm. it became a, a major source for other fans. I remember yeah. those. And you really needed mm-hmm. that now, like you said, oversaturated. <laughs> yeah, I think like getting the market getting like oversaturated isn't like a bad thing either, because mm-hmm. it will sort out the bad stuff from the good before like we watched everything and they just like sort of pumped it out a period and a lot of it was really bad (laughs) so So at least we're getting like more quality stuff Mm. quality shows now and it shows on the views um they're getting so that's good i suppose it's like which would you rather have loads of choice or just like trying Quality to find choice. something, things that don't update often. You're trying to find mm. the right download mm. for it. <laughs> yeah, that's a struggle. <laughs> that's the struggle. Yeah. One thing I think is really different from the um, 2D fandoms and the live action ones is the controversies that you, or the fights rather, 
that happens the discussions like i know in the fujoshi world there's not a lot of people that actually uh, resonate with that term in the live action scene because they don't like they're not as connected to japan as the manga and i see that like the discussions going on in the two different fandoms are so different for for those two I do know, like, I've seen some of, like, the arguments going in the Fujoshi fandom space, which have surprised me somewhat, because yeah. I haven't, like, seen <laughs> seen it, that, like, that type of arguments mm. in the live action scene. Like, what what arguments are y'all getting in the live action scene? Because obviously, I'm not over there Stupid. a lot. I'm a visitor. Stupid. Like, I pop in occasionally, but I'm not there constantly. So it's like, what are the arguments you're getting? And that would be so fascinating to compare what y'all are getting versus, like, what's popping up in the 2D okay. realm. So the main, like. main, main argument is if you're, like, watching live action, some people will say that you're fetishizing gay men. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. We've mm, kind of had yeah. that discussion. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the live action fandom, like, at this point, I feel like they just argue about everything. Like, mm -hmm. I feel yeah. like every day, especially in the online space, I'm coming into some kind of new... <laughs> argument about like something so small and i mm. think that's what's frustrating and something i was kind of thinking about is i think when your fandom exists mainly in an online forum which a, yeah. a lot of the bl fandom does especially for the last two and a half years or so you can kind of get wrapped up in being chronically online and mm -hmm. so like these arguments just go around and around in circles and it's always like you're canceled if you're watching this. You're yeah. if you're doing this. This person, you know, it's like that. Those kind of arguments are the kind of stuff I always see in the live action fandom these days, and just like the most weird, small things that I feel like should not be an issue in the grand scheme of things, but yeah, they become. I mean, an issue. like the most for an example of the most petty shit I've seen in the fandom is there's this actor or these two actors a ship that were in Until We Meet Again. Cow and Coerth. And Cow got a part in Lovely Writer and got a new ship with Up. And they were doing this event and they put Cow and Up on the poster together and Coerth on the other side of the poster. And the fans rioted mm -hmm. <laughs> that his picture wasn't next to Coerth's picture. Oh, God. Like, it was a huge thing in the fandom. People were rioting over this. Like, they were nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, boycotting going point. to the event, too. Yeah. yeah. I'm recognizing think, like, a difference here, and this is probably true for 2D versus live. In live, you have canon content mm -hmm. that is showing the shipping, the relationships the fallouts, the lack of someone standing next to someone else. <laughs> you have that. You have that real drama. And you know what? In 2D, it's almost entirely fan-made drama. Mm. We don't have... We don't... We're not... You know, I was sitting... Oh, you know, I've never... I don't think I've ever seen 2D fandom argue over someone not being in the flyer or yeah. someone not being next to someone <laughs> in the flyer. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that because they're not giving it to us. Yeah. 
BL is BL. BL, mm-hmm. usually there is a main couple. Sometimes there might be a tryst. Sometimes there might be a triangle, you know, mm-hmm. but it's sort of, we know, we already know about that. A couple is. And uh, I don't mm-hmm. see too many arguments yeah. over that. I don't see that kind of, not yeah. when it comes to BL series, but mm-hmm. when it comes to fan shipping and fan made, mm-hmm. that is where all of the battles and war are taking place mm-hmm. <laughs> entirely fan made. <laughs> yeah it's fascinating like how you can be so passionate about something that is fantasy yeah it's (laughs) at the same time in the live action these characters that these people played their fantasy as well like that ship Mm -hmm. like the first ship with these two actors that was a fantasy they were just acting a role Mm -hmm. so these fandoms in live action that are shipping these real people they're shipping a fantasy in their own heads because it's not actually real they're just projecting it onto real people yeah i think that's yeah that's a really good way to say it because again this is a fictional character Mm -hmm. but because it involves a real human they're projecting that onto their personal lives as well because it mm-hmm. still looks it looks like the same character. That is yeah. the face of the character. That's the mm-hmm. face of their fictional fantasy. And I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah. we get it into tricky territory there. <laughs> yeah, and there's like this element of like we've talked about this before. I think we also talked about this when you were on with us before, area of like mm-hmm. them almost wanting that the line between fantasy and reality to be blurred because the yeah. fan service is what sells. So the harder it is for the fans to tell the difference between the fantasy they're yeah. seeing in the TV show, the fantasy that the actors are putting on when they're doing fan service and you know, who they are as real people. That's kind of like what the companies use to keep their pockets filled with money basically because you were them, saying, yeah, y'all said the companies were pushing that too. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like all almost all <laughs> yeah. company driven. Like all of the fan service and mm-hmm. all the sponsorships and all this kind of stuff. It all comes back to like the company putting more money in their pocket and wanting to blur that fantasy, that line, so they can continue to make money off of it. Also, just as a, a side note, I just noticed your cat. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> The window's open, so she's having a great time sniffing and watching the birds. Yeah, she's the star of the show, really. I was like, I, yeah. see, I want to pet. Yeah, she's a little baby. She's I mean, queen. for anyone who's new to the like live action scene, if you want to know some of like the issues that usually go around in fandoms and with the ships and stuff like that, you can basically just go watch Lovely Writer. <laughs> yeah honestly it's, okay uh, yes they portray yeah. pretty well what happens oh gosh <laughs> and they do it in a really interesting way because it doesn't feel like they're sort of attacking the stuff they're sort of just highlighting it in uh-huh. a sort of discreet way but at the same time it's pretty obvious what they're doing <laughs> Okay, so yeah, like introduction like to live fandom. Go watch Lovely Writer. <laughs> watch Lovely Writer. It's actually a really good show too. Like, there's actually like a ship and everything and a story and all that. It's actually pretty good. So, yeah. But it was a game when it came out. Like, uh, spot the controversy, spot the fights. Oh my god. <laughs> 
keeps oh, you busy. Yeah. I just all I know is yeah, with with the two D side of things, I'm sitting here thinking about it. Like, what are the big arguments right now? Well, there's it's a huge it's a huge space, and you're not all yeah. in the same community. Even though it's all the two D community, it's more of like a two D city, and there's a lot of communities within the city. <laughs> but within the communities there's always a ship war there's always Mm -hmm. a ship war always Mm -hmm. it's just that they're applying social issues to them to try and validate their perspectives in order to sort of win over whoever the opposition is Mm -hmm. that's a big thing the big thing right now is anti-fujoshi anti-fujoshi the male of a male argument which gets they're saying you know obviously there's some different voices coming through but most of them are one side it's you shouldn't watch or consume any bl type male loving male content Mm -hmm. if you're not a male Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and they're even pushing that strongly excluding (laughs) there's there's more too and it's specifically it's not gay you notice i'm not saying gay i'm saying Mm -hmm. male loving male because Mm -hmm. they're excluding bi they're excluding yeah. pan so they're excluding different sexualities <sighs> but they're also excluding different identities yeah so non-binary people will be like hey like me well, what, do I, you know, what am we'll i supposed to watch them. then <laughs> <laughs> we're like oh i'm non-binary you know and i've i've literally gotten some answers where they'll say oh well you should just watch non-binary things i'm like that doesn't where? exist <laughs> where <laughs> where <laughs> <What>? <laughs> We don't have that Who's content. That's that? why we kind of <laughs> sit in both areas. Mm. <laughs> and then you get transphobic stuff popping up. And femphobia oh. is actually a really big conversation piece mm-hmm. that I'll be doing at some panels at FujoCon and with some other folks. Because there's there's a lot of stuff. So it seems to be anti-Fujoshi. Also, just not anti-Fujoshi. Just, you know, anti-anyone who's watching <laughs> this content yeah. who's not yeah. cis yeah, We've male. experienced some of that, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my problem with the people who tell me, like, as a straight cis woman, that I can't watch anything that's involved, like, that involves male-male relationship yeah. or women-women relationship. Like, if I, as a straight woman, how am I going to learn and sort of get the knowledge I need if I'm not, like, getting, watching these things? Like, gay people... And other, they grow up watching straight shows all like, the time. <laughs> all the time. That's all we had, yeah. <laughs> That's all we got. And we're like, I feel empty. <laughs> yeah. And knowledge is like the greatest thing for combating misinformation and phobia and all of that because you're afraid of something you don't know. But if you know it, then you won't have that same fear because it, it won't be so foreign to you. So... Because it's like, like before I came into the live action scene, I didn't like have any friends there that were non-binary or gay or anything right. like that. I didn't know shit. And I know that from doing like being in the fandom and especially doing this podcast and talking to so many people, I've like evolved my own thoughts and opinions and noticed that before I did have a privileged mindset that I wasn't aware of, but that's my own fault for not actually seeking out to be like aware of it, seeking out that knowledge. But if you're gonna like gatekeep the gay experience, <laughs> then how the fuck are people gonna know? <laughs> yeah. I've I've had someone say to me, 
once. Of course, it was online. It's always online, which there's something yeah. Alexa said about being online. And I was like, that you don't have people coming up to you in person being yeah. like, I have a problem with your t shirt. It's not my <laughs> ship. You know, you don't have that happening. You like, it's they only do it online because it's a megaphone. Mm-hmm. For you to hide back in a little gremlin hole where you're not going to receive much of a consequence and just yell whatever you want to yell, which brings mm-hmm. out the absolute worst in people yeah. with almost zero accountability. So, I mean, online, the online space magnifies all of that. But I've had somebody come up to me and <laughs> basically say, you know, like, I shouldn't watch this stuff. And and try to gatekeep it. And I was like, mm-hmm. look, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. There wasn't. Queer presence was not normalized, still mm-hmm. barely normalized in media. Mm-hmm. Like, it we're obviously, we have much more now in a lot of different forms, not just what we're talking about. But it's still not normalized. It's still sort of a different piece of media, mm-hmm. a commodity, a mm-hmm. different thing from the default. And yeah. to a point where if you're watching something, if, you, if you're watching a show and it's always default, default straight, mm-hmm. default straight, default straight, mm-hmm. default cis. And then, you know, something queer or non-cis pops up and you're like, oh, I can spot it. And it, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's still doing that. And the more we normalize it, mm-hmm. the less it's going to feel so Abnormal. divorced from, yeah. quote, the default. Yeah. And so when people when people try to gatekeep or they or even just tell me, you know, oh, I don't think straight people should watch stuff. I'll say, well, I think they I think they should, because mm-hmm. if more of them did, it would be more normalized and we'd mm-hmm. have less of this strong reaction to it even being in their face mm-hmm. or existing in front of them. Yeah. And so, you know, they're always like, no, they'll fetishize us. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. <laughs> Watching something is not fetishizing. Yeah. That, yeah. That's an entirely different act. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's such a focus these days about, like, corrupting kids with the gay agenda. And I'm just sitting here, but you've been corrupting them with the straight agenda for their entire lives. So, and yet, I mean, people are so can gay. we just get a balance, maybe? <laughs> a right. balance. How about both agendas? <laughs> Promote the agendas equally. Like the why not both gif. Like, yeah. yeah. No, but like, little seriously, but the whole thing that, like, especially in America right now with the don't say gay bill yeah. going on, what I inherently notice about the arguments from the side that, oh, you shouldn't like talk to kids about this is that they're so often sexualizing mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. gay people. It's they're, they're acting always like it's all about sex. About sex. Yeah. It's always and every argument i've seen online and that it like blends into the bl space as well because often the people who are yelling at fetishizing it's always about sex mm-hmm. why are you always like you just want to watch two dudes kissing kind of sex. Thing. yeah and yet Please. they'll put on the, they'll give their babies onesies and t-shirts that say i'm a ladies man mm-hmm. yeah. and he's like right. less than a year old right. or like 
like I make a good wife or something, or I'm Ooh. wife material. Or like it's like uh, they're they're sexualized maybe. Or when parents will be like, oh, their boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. If there's two babies yeah. and, and they're like age. three. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, look, this is classic projection. You're yeah. saying I don't want you to influence my kids to be mm-hmm. gay, but you've been influencing your kids to be straight from the start. Yeah. Also, as a point mm-hmm. to the don't say gay bill and all of this, mm-hmm. I've seen this before. I'm from Georgia, and I know y'all have heard mm-hmm. this, and I'm, I was from Atlanta, but then I got moved to a very conservative place mm-hmm. by the time I was 11. And I'm a literal case study. I'm a literal case study of how don't say gay doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Because I grew up mm-hmm. in a conservative place where no one could be gay, a chaplain who supported his Episcopal church for allowing gay lesbian clergy members was fired from my school. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. if you were gay, you were run out of town. No mm-hmm. one was out. No one could be gay. And yeah. yet, here I am. It didn't <laughs> stop me. <laughs> yeah, so you I mean, don't stop me. <laughs> this week, there has been like a really huge focus in Norway about... Because it's the 50th anniversary of them abolishing a law that said that being gay was illegal. Oh, yeah. It's only 50 years ago that, Mm. like, it was literally illegal to be gay. Yo. And I mean, people were still gay when it was illegal. Like, my uncle. It's not a choice. 73. My uncle's 73, so he mm. he was closeted until he was about 28, I think, mm. somewhere in there, late 20s. Mm. And he was born in 48. So, yeah. like, yeah, he was a young man when it was still illegal. And then mm-hmm. he came out eventually, I think, probably when it was safer. But he also came out in an urban area. But he st- it still wasn't coming out. It wasn't coming out to his business associates. It was just that he divorced his wife and his immediately family knew there was a reason. It was because he didn't mm-hmm. like women. Yeah. And so, like, that was still it. That was the extent. And even then, mm-hmm. the family didn't have pride. They were just like, oh, okay, this is our little secret. Yeah. It was a different Don't world. ask, right. don't tell type situation. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the world has moved forward, but it's going far too slow and (laughs) i do see these bls as a way for us to normalize things in society and while i do think like some years ago in very recent years as well like some bls are questionable as to like the actual representation of a gay (laughs) relationship (laughs) to say the least (laughs) yeah but it has, yeah, it's been works. getting better and there's been like real discussions about stuff. Which it's very yeah. generational, if you've yeah. noticed. Portrayals of gay by queer male relationships, the portrayals in Japanese BL are very generational. So mm-hmm. when people now, when when young fans now say, Oh well Yaoi, and it's true, it was called Yaoi at one point. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Because it was it was it was an evolution of the genre. The the, the genre yeah. was evolving from fan-made comics to romance to mm-hmm. sexual content that then evolved into BL, but mm-hmm. BL was both romance and it was just the definition, <laughs> the distinction of BL was just the male BL loving male distinction. Yeah. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. just sex, it's also romance. But so like it was just an evolution. But back in the roots, in the roots of it all, <laughs> around that time, you know, there was some really questionable content. Sometimes it was stuff that was like, okay, well that just doesn't freaking make sense. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like corn cobs. But like, <laughs> but also there's there was a big lack of consent theme yeah there was a big lack of lube scene and what i hate to tell these young fans is i don't know how to tell you this but that was that was a thing that was this this existed in real life it's actually Mm -hmm. a pretty generational portrayal and Mm -hmm. yeah now we're like oh that's not so good but back then that was actually not that uncommon so it's not that women creators because that's that's another topic of conversation is what is the gender of the creator Mm-hmm. in the 2d area yeah 2d fandom same. they're like oh well the gender of the creator who made this <laughs> my favorite argument i love this series but i hate that it was created by a fujoshi and i'm like how does make what, it make what does sense? that even mean <laughs> <laughs> like, they're blaming their gender or just even their perceived identity because some of these people are not women mm-hmm. they just yeah. they're not right. out because it hurts their industry in japan yeah but they'll perceive their gender 
as a reflection of what they're writing. I'm like, no, 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 no. Sometimes, yeah, a lack of the lived experience shows, but sometimes it's also very generational. Some of these Mm -hmm. stories are dated Mm -hmm. and they reflect what was common then. (laughs) It's hard to explain that. They don't want to listen. (laughs) Yeah, but you can like take that to like everyday life back in the days where women have been oppressed like uh, men were in control and women had didn't have a lot to say about things and these days women are speaking up yeah on a larger scale and i think communities that you get like in bl and k-pop and all this is like creating safe spaces for women to like gather and sort of agree (laughs) and also i think that there's a more open discussion and more visibility for queer people is actually helping the conversation about mm-hmm. equality for women and men. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's... <laughs> oh my god, so many thoughts. <laughs> there's a lot to be said about the treatment towards women and also the concept of femphobia. I hope I'm saying that mm-hmm. right because it was actually introduced to me by Crystal Marie who was talking about mm-hmm. it recently. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. And she was sort of covering it with me and I was like you know I didn't even really have the term for it I was describing it but I didn't have the word I didn't look into it as much as she had but there's a lot of it and I think there's an interesting narrative that's floating through sort of our younger generations because this is what's happening the older generations aren't as visceral I think as some of the younger generations because they're growing up at a way more sort of volatile time in society and that's reflected it's going to be reflected in their behavior and, and how they feel as well and I'm not excusing anything, but I'm saying they're definitely growing up in a a very difficult time that's not yeah. worse than ours. It's just different. Difficult, it's a different yeah, kind difficult of time. A, a different difficult. <laughs> yeah, different difficult. Exactly. <laughs> diff diff. <laughs> um, they also have social media, which then magnifies, yeah. amplifies everything. everything. But the thing with the fin phobia that's so wild is that if you stop and you, you have to so I try to put out fairly neutral content that's not neutral in what I'm saying, but mm. I'm not being like, shut up, children. But like at the same time, <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> let me try to explain something to you as an old person <laughs> is that women progressed. We got a little bit further. We mm-hmm. saw women get a little bit further in society. However, it's primarily white women that got further Climbing up the backs of black women, climbing up the backs of women of color, they're still way suffering. And if you look, what I do, I swear to God, I'm going to create a rubric. I threaten to regularly. I'm going to create a scale of that observes and measures reaction to Mm -hmm. consumers of controversial content. Being the controversial Mm -hmm. content would be targeted to be, let's say, BL type male loving male content. Okay, you have <laughs> white and or POC male watching this content. There there seems to be no reaction. Okay. <laughs> That's cis. Let me put it that way. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> white trans male watching this content doesn't seem to have much of a reaction. POC trans male watching the content. There's a, there's a bigger reaction. There's a bigger mm-hmm. reaction. White women watching the content. A little bit more of a reaction. Mm -hmm. Women of color watching the content, they get slapped in the face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
It was literally, I've seen white women, they receive it. Yeah, they receive it. But I've seen a bigger, 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 almost nuclear type size reaction to women of color watching this content. It's mm-hmm. everything is in, like everything is integrated. It involves race. It involves perceived yeah. identity perceived sexuality it's the the gatekeeping i'm seeing that i have literally been told me i am very trans mask middle of the road everything i am a genderless void (laughs) (laughs) this is my existence but i am also white i have Mm -hmm. mixed ethnicity but i'm white my race is white and then i'm perceived to be there's some trans mask stuff going in there but i'm also kind of chonky like, <laughs> I got some titties. <laughs> and, and what happens here is someone sees me and they're like, you're not trans mask enough. You're not mask enough to watch this. You're too, there's too much here physically that could be femme. Things they list out. Your name is too femme. What? Your, your body looks too femme to me. What? Like, and they look for anything to say, no, 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 gatekeeping. And I'm just kind of like, mm-hmm. y'all. And I, and this goes to an extent where, like, the one of the other videos that I had that went viral that I just, I find TikToks. I'm like, look at this. And then I regret <laughs> it later. But, like, was a black woman saying, like, super into that male-male content. And her reaction was way bigger that she received than I've ever received. Mm-hmm. And it's just... You really have to look at all of it. So yeah, women have progressed some. That doesn't mean you can hate on them now. It doesn't mean they're fully privileged. But you're treating all of them, all of them, all the women figures that you're perceiving to be equally privileged. And it's just not the case. It's yeah. it's never been the case. It's still not the case. So yeah, we progress some. And I feel like the younger generation treats that as if now... That means they're privileged enough that they can be said, oh, you're totally privileged and you're taking advantage of everything. That's just not the case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was a really long. (laughs) 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 But it's it's a primary issue I see generationally because I find older fans don't have that same perspective. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The femphobia femphobia is real, but there's multiple layers to it. And mm-hmm. they think the femphobia is justified. Mm-hmm. And it's it's never been justified. Mm-hmm. It's just never um, been justified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How I do you feel like ageism yeah. goes into the mix? You know, mm. the ageism too. The thing is, is the ageism, it. it's ridiculous. But you know what? I remember seeing it when I was their age. Yeah. I remember them being like, oh, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we had a little bit more respect. Because the elders were providing us with content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, live journal days. Mm. All my all my fandom senior I just knew mostly older people when I was on live journal and I was a wee babe. (laughs) And yeah, like the the older senior members of fandom were providing us the content because they knew Japanese. They were translating for us. Mm, They were scanlating for us. Yeah. They were doing all that. Now the babies don't actually need us. Yeah. And I think and I, that I, might I, also. So they're like, why are you here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, of fans who don't actually understand where they're like getting the content from. They're like, I see that often in the K pop space that like translators are getting attacked because they didn't yeah. translate something <laughs> correctly or missed something yeah. or something like that. They get branded as like 
dismember hater or anti yeah. or whatever. Mm. And I think like the people who are attacking them don't understand that like they are getting this content because of those translators. Mm. They have this privilege that they aren't understanding because there's so many places on the internet that they can get this information now. I guess like what would we call it? Like a resource-based privilege. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't mm-hmm. need us all the time to get a lot of these things, except mm-hmm. it, it is really mostly adults who are providing even the companies, yeah. the company's level of content. But yeah, and I remember free, the free fandom, the translator thing was going on there too. People mm-hmm. would translate things differently and what would yeah. pop up in the free anime, the swimming anime. Yeah, people yeah. would pop up and, and say, well, you translated that because you like this ship. So you translated it wrong. You're just trying to... And it's like, you know, there is nothing stopping you from learning Japanese. There are a lot of programs out here. (laughs) If you want it to be translated a certain way, do it yourself. I mean, it's just... And, like, the older uh, fans are also the people buying the merch and buying... Yeah. A lot of stuff. So I do think, like, there is a privilege there that the younger generations aren't as aware of. Because they're a little bit spoiled <laughs> with the internet. <laughs> a little bit. It's, it's wild. They, their, their generation, and I'm saying like young Z and down, whatever we're getting to, wherever that is, age wise, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the young ones, the young ones coming up behind us. Like, what a wild generation sort of experience they're having. Because yeah, they're privileged in that they have a lot of stuff we did not mm-hmm. have access to at all. We had to scrounge i was just talking about this on my vtubing last night with other friends and we were we were nostalgia nostalgia tanking and like (laughs) talking about like the torrents where you know now you wait like i don't know a couple of hours for something to show up and back then we'd have to wait like four days for a torrent Mm -hmm. to get one episode that was like Mm -hmm. three weeks aired ago or something on a good on a good day that was the norm but you know in a way they have this privilege of access yeah and availability and at the same time i've noticed one thing economically i think they're somewhat deprived because i see so Mm. many of them at a younger age trying to monetize their fandom Mm. so like the fan art the fanfic they're monetizing Mm. in a way we never did yeah we were writing freely you know, like, hey, I wrote this, you know, three book yeah. novel on Prince of Tennis ship on Live Journal. Please <laughs> enjoy. I, I printed, yeah. I printed that, that hit shit out. So hard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel, I feel attacked. <laughs> I'm like, I see you. I see. I was that person who's like, I'm gonna print this all out on my school's printer after hours <laughs> and put it in a binder so I have a literal physical fan. Yeah, book. yeah, oh and that was me. But like. <laughs> But, like, they're, a lot of them, I see, like, they're creating content, but at the same time, they're trying to monetize it. And, mm. you know, I think there's an economic sort of aspect to that as well. So it's like, it's not that they're strange, but what a strange generation to be growing up in. Yeah. It seems so wildly different from ours. I where, mean, yeah, they have that availability privilege, but they also seem to be monetizing everything. And I, I think yeah. that comes out of economic need as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it shows a lot in, like, a lot of surveys do, done around countries where you get, like, kids saying that on top of their, like, list of which job they want, you have, right. like, YouTube influencer. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> 
it does like paint a picture of how the world has changed. It really does. And when you, we, we all know this as adults now, but when we go to monetize something, there's a level of stress that comes with it. Yeah. You know, being seen, standing out from the other quote competition or other providers, vendors, mm-hmm. if you will, standing mm-hmm. out, providing a good quality product. It's running you know, a business. Let's look at fan art. You're running yeah, a it's business. Running business. But like they're teenagers. Yeah. 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 Like there's teenagers trying to get into the business area. And I'm like, they're, we weren't doing that. And it's not that there's no. anything wrong with it. It's just that we weren't doing that. We were mm-hmm. leisurely enjoying our stuff also we we're trying to get any that we could yeah. so we didn't have availability. <laughs> but like we were leisurely enjoying it it was a hobby it was yeah. relaxing i mean for me it, it was sort of therapy yeah exactly <laughs> i couldn't talk yeah. to anyone and it was mm-hmm. like taboo like you exactly. you, you retreated into this yeah you retreated into it it was a safe place for you to enjoy yourself mm-hmm. with other people like you yeah yeah i know exactly and honestly, what it that still was. is mm-hmm. yeah like, mm-hmm. yeah well, to <laughs> with an added bit of spice, <laughs> the teeth of the younger generation. Yeah, but like, but I don't see them doing that as much. I really don't like. They're enjoying themselves. I see. I see mm-hmm. all the wild little cosplay TikToks <laughs> of like teenagers running around yeah. the cons and stuff. But like, there's also this aspect of like, there's the monetization. There's yeah. The heightened sensitivity that sort of social media brings, mm. really, it's stimulating. It's overstimulating, and it, yeah. it, it magnifies everything. They also grew up with this whole political identity. Mm-hmm. The political identity is much stronger for their generation. I, I don't mean Democrat, Republican, but I mean, like, where you align and social issues that you see reflected in the media that you're consuming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then we, we don't do that. Do you watch free and go, these boys are oppressed? You know, you don't see that. But like, <laughs> maybe sexually oppressed, but like, <laughs> we don't view this way. We don't view things this way, but they are. A lot of them are like, it's almost like a social, or not social, a psychological dissonance of sorts. Yeah. So there's yeah, there's some you, different you sort stuff of see, going like, on. Like this activist behavior with what yes. they see in BL, and I find it really interesting because there's been a lot of discussion about Tarn type, like always, because you do have like some non-con, and it's yeah, it's questionable content to say the least. But there's also like it's just entertainment, right? So yeah. you have this like for me, I enjoy Tarn type. I can still acknowledge what's wrong with Tharn type, but I <laughs> do still enjoy it. And I don't feel the need to like go out there and be like a hardcore activist, like on TikTok yelling at people because they enjoy Tharn type or defend Tharn type. Yeah. Which you see, you see a lot. what they're consuming intricately tied with this identity, this, this activist, this social identity they've developed for themselves. And for us, when we see this happening, we're like, that's very much performative activism. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a performance mm-hmm. to us. And then to them, they believe what they're doing. Everything they do comes with this sort of intricately tied to them social identity. So, like, I'm not going to watch it because I don't support this behavior. And yeah. meanwhile, I see something non-con. I'm like, eh, not into it. And then like, that's it. Yeah. It's not... It's like, I don't like it. It's not for me. That's not against mm. non-con. But, mm. like, I, I'm not into it. So I just yeah. go watch something that 
I like versus mm. someone much younger, 10, 15 years younger than me, will see non-con and be like, I have started a petition to have this episode removed from the series to change the world sort of mentality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do see that a lot of younger people sort of have this whole stick about they need to change the world. They, yeah, that's honestly, a big they generational need to, thing. Everyone needs to change the world. Yeah. And most of the time, they're not changing anything. It's more just yeah. like yelling into a void, annoying people. But yeah, I mean, they, it, like it yeah. is a good thing that like they're actively thinking but i think sometimes the motivation is more of like the gratification of attention rather than actual change it's like mix the idea of overly active activism thoughts Mm -hmm. performative activism let's say plus social media which amplifies all of it and i'm Mm -hmm. I, i sit here and i watch fans young fans talk about why this ship must be pedophilic because there's a couple of years age difference mm-hmm. and and concentrate on that versus racism and cosplay or something. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, there's real issues we need to address racism and fanfic, racism and cosplay. These are these are real issues that we should spend our energy on versus yeah. <laughs> versus your ship is, is that age gap is too much so. or not? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we do uh, see that in live action as well. There's a lot oh of focus goodness. about actors being far apart in age or the characters in like the child the coded, I think is something yeah. I hear. Well, there was a lot of like Cutie Pie is airing right now. And there was a mm-hmm. lot before Cutie Pie came out. There was a lot of talk about these two characters because there is an age difference. Mm-hmm. How much of an age difference? It's like seven. It's like. 20 and 27 or something like that ah gotcha so before it came out people were like ew (laughs) 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 this is like disgusting like people were going hams some people not everyone some people were going ham that this age different was a thing and the side couple also the actors have an age difference there so that was also an issue interesting What's interesting to me here is, like, after the show aired, and people have sort of come down about it. Hmm. Although yeah. the facts haven't changed, the plot hasn't changed, the age hasn't changed, but people just, the show is good, so suddenly people don't feel like yelling about it. <laughs> yeah. I, all I, I know is a... you have to have that age difference for daddy content. Daddy content in BL is wildly popular. It's super yes. popular everywhere. You're going to have to have that age difference in order to achieve daddy content. Yeah. CD. I, I think there's this element of like, what, like just thinking about the cutie pie example of like not knowing how something is going to be portrayed. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes people leery, I guess is the right word. Yeah, and, you know, then yeah. they actually get the content and they realize this is being handled in a way that's like not, I, I don't know what they were expecting it to be. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like that Leanne was going to be like a creeper, like, you know, creeping on this, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't know what they expected, yeah. but then they realized, Oh, this isn't how it's actually being portrayed. So like they kind of calmed down about it. But yeah, I guess there is this like tendency to be mad about things before yeah. they've even happened. And before you mm-hmm. even 
know how the outcome is going to be, like this preemptive anger and outrage over things that can definitely be an issue and take up a lot of space in the fandom. I was literally yeah. thinking of a, uh, somebody I knew who they looked at, there was one BL series that came out and they're like, well, I don't like this kind of thing. So, you know, I just want to state my stance on this first. And then they ended up loving it. <laughs> but like, <laughs> oh it's gosh. almost like somebody wants to put that disclaimer out there that I am not yeah. to be judged for anything if I actually like this. But I'm just yeah. saying I don't like it right now. <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny to watch <laughs> I mean a lot of people what happens in BL now is a lot of people are looking for things to be outraged about because yeah. they see they get a lot more traction for being out, uh, outraged <laughs> they get a lot yeah. more gratification by people giving them attention and that's sort of where all the controversies happen and i can literally say from a social media study stance that mm -hmm. anything perceived to be negative on the negative side of neutral will actually catch more traction than mm -hmm. the positive side of neutral mm -hmm. because you could yeah. say something positive but if it has a dramatic negative twist to it so like for example the anti-fujoshi stuff like mm -hmm. if you say there's no reason there's no reason to be anti-Fujoshi or anti-Fujoshi don't understand what Fujoshi actually means, which is this is all true. Mm -hmm. You know, this is stuff that's true and it's positive sounding and message to us. But if you're saying the words that catch negative side of SEO, it mm. catches more mm -hmm. traction. Yeah. 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 Literally what happens. Yeah. Social media is cursed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I do know that there's a lot of people that just stare clear of social media just yeah, because of be this, especially Twitter. Twitter is uh, can be a hellhole. Twitter and TikTok is coming right <laughs> up behind Twitter, apparently. Yeah. I'm not TikTok on there is extensively, worse. but yeah, <laughs> TikTok, TikTok is, comments oh. I've heard are pretty bad. Yeah, you just don't read the comments on things. <laughs> yeah, no. Save yourself the pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the side of tiktok they're usually oh, yeah. it's usually a really nice place to be at which is why i usually go on the lovecast account instead of my own <laughs> <laughs> because the content is so much better the algorithm's a lot nicer yeah, yeah. yeah. your for you page yeah that's like my oh my gosh i have i have my personal tiktok account and then i have one for my vtubing which i'm so rarely on <laughs> but my they look wildly different. Yeah. The algorithms yeah. are real different. Mm -hmm. Like on mine, it's like there's no one who looks like me on my personal one. And it's like you have a mix of cats <laughs> and making fun, like laughing at your own trauma over social issues. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's on that. And then like the VTubing <laughs> one is very kind of <laughs> non-diverse. <laughs> a lot of VTubers. <laughs> Just like, I gotta get on that one and fix my algorithm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta carry it. Yeah, I try and sometimes like go through and like scroll on the Lovecast one just to like Yes. Just like certain stuff and like, you know, make sure I kind of get things sorted out into a space that we wanted to be on. It's like it's my own sensitive. personal one is like perfection. But sometimes like if I mix up which one I'm on, I'm like, why is this on my For You page? And then yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm on the podcast account. We got to <laughs> fix that. <laughs> you hit one thing wrong. And you're you, like, for I, you page like, 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 I, I liked a cat video. I think I like somebody's cat video that must have come from a conservative-ish person. 
And then oh. after yeah. that, I got like some very like het content. Yeah. Like yeah. seriously like, het right. content. I was like, I'm on the wrong side. Give me off. Give me off. <laughs> Save me. Like, it's sensitive. It's real sensitive. Mm-hmm. But I suppose that's how it can make your algorithm so personalized. Yeah. Is how mm-hmm. sensitive it is. Mm-hmm. It's a little too sensitive. <laughs> Yeah. A little too sensitive sometimes, definitely. Falls of social media. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and each one is so different, so you're trying to figure, like, god, Instagram isn't, since Instagram's just a, Instagram's just a like barren wasteland a sometimes. now. It's just, just yeah. the people are just on there to sell stuff Basically. and promote products. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's because Facebook took it over. <laughs> Zuckerberg. He's the root of everything. <laughs> root as everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I find it very interesting how different, like, the social media people from different countries use or different fandoms use. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, if you look at, like, predominantly, like, Asian countries, they tend to stick to, like, Facebook. It's Mm -hmm. huge there. But, like, here... Facebook is like an old people thing. Like people yeah. don't use Facebook yeah. anymore. <laughs> like I'm All only on Japanese Facebook to Facebooks promote and I was my like, business. <laughs> Twitter, so, Twitter and, and, was my saving grace for Japan because mm. they use Twitter. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, I noticed a lot of the actors and models and stuff in Thailand, especially, are on Instagram. Instagram is because huge. That's where it's like a, it's like work. where they do like business transactions. Like, mm-hmm. if you watch a Thai BL and you watch the opening credits, a lot of the times their Instagram handle is in the opening credits mm-hmm. because like you go on there and you get contacted for work and mm-hmm. you have your manager's information and like it's huge. It's like a business zone for them. Instagram, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's super interesting. I always thought that was though. super interesting when I first like started watching Thai BL. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's really interesting. I wonder like I wonder where the Don May fandom exists. Because they're sort of the other big up and coming player. This is so mm. funny. It's almost like major world religions. You have yeah. Thai BL <laughs> Live, you have Japanese BL two D, and now we're getting like the Chinese Don May. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got like Three Korean. Separate entities. What is what is the comic site for the Korean Korean comics? I swear, oh, it, I, I swear it's couple. Korean. It's online. There's a couple of really big ones that I believe are based in Korea, and they're for online web comics. There's one that's called just like Webtoon, which might yeah, be based that one. in Korea. Yeah, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like major religions coming up here. Yeah. <laughs> which one are you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you subscribe to? <laughs> Or you could be like me and try and subscribe to all of them. And exactly. <laughs> just be in chaos all the time. Dabble in all of them. <laughs> I do find it really interesting how, like, the 2D fandoms are very connected to Japan, while yeah. the live action are more connected to Thailand. And not, like, not at all Japan. Like, most BL live action fans haven't watched BL content from Japan because it's so hard to mm-hmm. get any <laughs> you know yeah, it's almost I've... like they capitalize on it a bit like mm-hmm. thailand mm-hmm. like really ran with the live bl dramas mm-hmm. and they did mm-hmm. good like they yeah. put out a lot they they put their effort into it it's where like japan put less i think less effort into the bl dramas yeah especially yeah. pushing it out into the international scene i know thailand when they noticed they had an international audience they yeah. pivoted and just like okay Let's give it to everyone. Let's make this accessible, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I guess like Korea sort of capitalized, South Korea capitalized on the whole webtoons thing. Because mm-hmm. I just, I know so mm-hmm. many people who love those web-based comics. Oh, and yeah. They seem to be on a Korean sort of server mm-hmm. or forum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Korean you have like Don Mei, which is like this free-floating, beautiful, artistic version of everything <laughs> <else>. <laughs> The major players. The mysterious entity. <laughs> <laughs> so, as like a closing thing, do we like have something that we feel is predominantly good about BL and that is predominantly bad. Like, just cliff notes kind of thing, not like (laughs) an essay. (laughs) You know what, BL... BL, and I say this as the umbrella BL, Mm -hmm. including Thai Live, you know, Dom Mei, Japanese, including all of this, there's a lot of variety. Mm. There's a lot of variety, and it's gaining popularity in all of these different areas. I know like mm-hmm. Don May is super on the rise. Thai live actions have been extremely popular. You know, yeah. there's always Japanese content coming out that fans will then <laughs> morph into the, what they want it to be. <laughs> there's something for everybody. And there's also just having more of it is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I know like the markets can definitely get oversaturated until we want something new. Or something that really sticks out. But at the same time, I believe it's a good thing. The more we have, the closer we get towards normalization, especially as yeah. popular as it all is, especially with younger and younger and younger generations. You know, mm-hmm. we were lacking a bit. We didn't have a lot. But now there's just so much we can't even watch it all. And I think that's a good thing. I yeah, think that's yeah, just going to keep pushing us in that normalization to where, like, you know, the older the older generations are going to die out eventually. So, like, all, all we're going to be left with <laughs> is people who watch this. So, woo! <laughs> yeah, we'll soon take over, as it was yeah. always intended to. <laughs> exactly. The bad side of it, though, is definitely the conversations, or lack thereof, that are happening in fandom spaces online, particularly, mm, yeah. in yeah. virtual spaces, where people are trying to just... They, they have ship wars. I mean, a lot of what you see is actually just ship wars, and they're trying to disguise it as something else to validate their side of the ship war. But yeah. then you also have people who are saying all this anti-Fujoshi stuff, and that's just... Mm. It's not helpful. It's not true. It's not based in anything true. Mm. They don't know what they're talking about half the time. They, they've heard one thing via no real resource just somebody said oh yeah yaoi is non-consensual violent sex which is something that's been said to me i have heard that people there are people who believe that they don't know the truth they don't know what yaoi was they don't know that it was fan-based comics that had absolutely nothing to do with sex they don't know Mm -hmm. that bl can have romance they just think Mm -hmm. that it's sex and they Mm -hmm. think the consumers of it are basically straight males who watch lesbian pornography they're just yeah that's <laughs> they like think what they equate us to yeah yeah they're equating us to this and it's illogical it's not mm-hmm. based in fact yeah. and we're gonna have to find but, a way to deal with those that in those yeah. spaces they are comparing us to what they already know which is yes men watching lesbian porn or fetishizing and, women in real life yeah yeah, yeah. so they're oh. sort of taking okay women are watching two men in a romance or whatever and they think it's the same thing because they can't fathom anything else (laughs) because they don't care to actually look into it they don't care Mm -hmm. to listen 
So, yeah. There's also, I'm, like, there's there's people who come up and say one of two things. I, I hear both mm-hmm. at times. One is sometimes I'll see young people who come up and say, well, I'm a trans male and I have had two or I've had one or two yaoi fangirls fetishize me. And I'm like, that stuff may happen, but you cannot apply it to a whole Mm, I mean that's yeah. the natural that's the natural course. It's really bad that that happens, and it does happen. Some people don't respect boundaries. That is what's missing, mm-hmm. is that they are mm-hmm. overstepping personal boundaries. The other side of this is I've heard somebody come up to me, a, a queer male, and say, "Oh, well, watching it is just fetishizing." I'm like, I think you are missing the point of fetishizing. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's got to be applied to real people. Yeah, that's what fetishizing I think, is. I'll, like I think the worst problem here is gatekeeping Uh, yeah the gatekeeping is pretty bad yeah because people are not gonna understand if you don't show them or they are not allowed to see like no one should feel uncomfortable watching bls no matter what gender they are or sexuality or whatever it shouldn't matter and like someone projecting their beliefs on someone else like don't just assume (laughs) yeah that's like talk to people like i see people getting accused of fetishizing all the time and it's honestly i'm so sick of seeing people talking about it at all because it's usually the arguments are they make no sense and they show so little understanding to what we actually are doing so but yeah stop getting basically (laughs) It's pretty bad. I'm wondering if it'll morph again into something else. Because I know, mm. given, like, around 2016, the big one was pedophilic. Like, they were saying right. that was that was sort of the big commentary was, yeah. oh, you like anime about high schoolers. You have a ship that's yeah. pedophilic. And that was the big thing. Now it's sort of switched over over the next, you know, five years into fetishizing. That's the big commentary. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's next? What are we, <laughs> what are we running through next? What time are we going to throw around next? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> right. It's like, it's almost like, oh my god, I hate to equate it to this, but like, I raised my niece. She is, oh my god, how old is my niece now? She's 22. <laughs> she was born when I was quite young, though. So like, yeah. we're, we're closer as sisters. But like, no, I remember when she was a toddler, she learned a word and then she'd say it 20 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like... <laughs> It's like, pate, 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 pate. <laughs> you stick to a word and you get obsessed with it. And that's yeah. what it makes me think yeah. of a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like, oh, yeah. God, please stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see what the next thing is. But mm-hmm. for now, it's trying to navigate this space. And if somebody accuses you of being something that you're not and it seems highly illogical and irrational, just be like, look, mm-hmm. I'm not simply. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if you are going <laughs> to harass me or continue to call me these things, I'm just going to use that block button. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it's all about space, finding your yourself. safe space. So if you can yeah. find like a place where you feel safe to talk about this and, in, in- with friends or online and communities like in discords <laughs> the kitty has Reddit. something to say about it <laughs> melody wanted the word she wanted the last word yeah she was yeah like, she's like wrap up without mom me. aren't you done yet 
She's like, did you say something about ships? Does that involve fish? <laughs> no, it's because you said it's because you said pate, oh. and she was like, oh my god, it's dinner time. <laughs> it's dinner time. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, kitty. <laughs> So that's it for our episode this week. We want to know how you got into BL. Leave a comment on YouTube or tag us on social media. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Sharing this episode with your friends really helps us out. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Thank you, Ari. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, welcome to Lovecast. Sorry. (laughs) Hey guys, welcome. I can't speak today. I'm so tired. Sorry. Okay, okay. okay. Wait, wait. I need. Okay, I apparently need the manuscript right in front of my face because of this. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.